The basic instructions of Mind Mastery with Chuki Okobi, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. The basic instructions of Mind Mastery with Chuki Okobi is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Chuki Okobi. Aloha, everyone. We're back with another episode of the Basic Instructions of Life After Football podcast. Now, this podcast is for, by, and about NFL alumni rediscovering our passion for life after football. Now, to give you guys a deeper insight into my inspiration, my motivation for this show is to help my NFL brethren heal after a lifetime of football, healing all four bodies, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. We interview former pro athletes who serve as an example of what's possible for other performer athletes who may feel lost or struggling emotionally in this next chapter of life. We're talking about men who've been through the unique journey of transitioning out of football, redefined their professional identity, and rediscovered their passion and purpose in life. Now, today's guest is someone I've known for a long time. We were teammates in college at Purdue and played at the same time and era in the NFL. A nine-year NFL veteran, draft pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and started at linebacker for the Jags, Miami Dolphins, and the Dallas Cowboys. Today, he's an entrepreneur, consultant, and is involved in giving his time to several nonprofits and charities. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Aiken Adele to the show. Aiken, appreciate (laughs) having you here. Hey, Chucky. Thanks Thanks for having me, man. This is... It's a special moment, right? It's a special moment. We have done, you know, a decent job of staying connected over the years and to watch your own journey as well uh, from afar and also close and having our touch points, I think really has allowed this this day to happen. Um, we've had many conversations in the locker room. We've had many conversations post-career, post-professional career, and uh, just to see how where we both are and how you know, we're navigating, figuring out how to navigate life. Uh, so I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. Yeah, definitely want to help other guys get to where you are. And we'll get deeper into into where you're at right now. You know, you can see you got the collar shirt on, you know, work mode. So, <laughs> you know, again, helping other guys get to where you are. Yeah, we got a lot of connections over the years, you know, that whole run at Purdue, you know, from, from our teams playing for Joe Tiller. And so, you know, Went to bowl games, won a Big Ten championship, only the second in Purdue history. So we we shared a lot of special moments. I just want to remind you of one memory I have. I don't know if you remember this, Uh-oh. but I'm, I'm going to just fill you in. You know, remember remember in practice how we used to do third down? We run like five plays, first team against first team defense. And, you know, we had Drew Brees, so usually our group was pretty confident. But I remember – it was my senior year, so your junior year, and Drew threw an interception. And so we're chasing whoever got the ball, and somebody just clocked me. A man took just decleated me off my feet. And I mean, one of those things where everybody in practice goes, whoa! <laughs> you know, you know when you get lit up, you're like, man, I'm ready to fight. And I got it, right. I saw it was you, but it was clean. And I just remember being like, <laughs> but, but check this out so then so then my second year your rookie year when you were in Jacksonville 
and I got the start in that game. That whole week, I was like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get him back for this the whole week. That's all I was focused on. <laughs> but but I never did, so I guess I got to just give you the win on that one. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't even say it was a win. I would say, um, you know, it shows your level of restraint and maturity. Uh, <laughs> but the fact that you you kept it in, you held it that long or this long, you know, that's even funnier. Um, I, w- I would say this. It was one of those moments, and I think of a lot of guys I played with, especially on the collegiate level, and the level of respect that I've always had for you, right? Someone who um, was was very committed and intentional about their effort, about their time they invested in people, about the way they went about playing the game, learning the game, and teaching the game on all levels, especially in college at that age, you know, we're what, 20, 21, 22 years old. And to watch you do that consistently, there was such a, a, a level of respect for, for you that that one little moment that I had a clean window, <laughs> you know, uh, I had to take it. I had to take it. And not because it was, there was malice there, but it was just to say, Hey man, I, I know that if you wanted to turn the jets on, you know, you could have, you know, got the interception, the in, the guy or the person who intercepted the ball, but also just let you know, I was here protecting my guys too. And it's, <laughs> it's all good, man. You know, it's, that's, that's football though. Sometimes you yeah. get a guy, I mean, I can't, I can't get up and be mad. How many times I've done that to people? Right, right. Yeah. Cause you were, yeah, you did that a lot <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, so, to our guys. Yeah. So it's, it's all good. You know, it, going back to that time at Purdue, you know, playing for Joe Tiller was, was a really special time. And, you know, we played with a lot of, a lot of really good guys, you know, all years, you know, whether it was, you know, you and Drew were captains, you know, offensive line, you know, guys like Light and, and Brandon Gorin and Gene Marskowski. But, you know, I just think back to how lucky we were to have Coach Tiller really instill, you know, a level of discipline and, you know, integrity in the way we approached life, you know. So mm-hmm. I know you remember the do right rule, mm-hmm. you know, thinking back, do what you're supposed to do the way you're supposed to do it, when it's supposed to be done and do it that way every time. And, you know, for what I do now with basic instructions, I I always look at that do right rule as the original basic instructions. Like if you just do that, then, you know, you 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 do well in life. And you know, when you see where guys, since we're all done playing now, you see where a lot of a lot of us that played for Joe Tiller are in life and the success we've had, you know, it really speaks volumes to not only the character of Coach Tiller and, and the guys we play with, but the the you know, the value of keeping things simple. And so that's a big part of what I want to do with this podcast here. And um, you know, thinking back, so you know, we're both we both Nigerians. We both got Nigerian names, you know. And when I think about your full name, you know, it's an African word that means a warrior that's gone through many wars and has never been defeated. And I mean, that pretty much describes you from my perspective. <laughs> but you know, the transition out of the game of football can be tricky. It's challenging on a couple different levels. I mean, unless you've experienced playing pro sports, most people can't probably imagine it. So think about it like this. I have a feeling you can relate. In society, most of us tend to tie our identity to what we do professionally. 
I mean, think about it. If I fight fires, I'm a firefighter. If I teach people, I'm a teacher. If I perform surgery, then naturally I see myself as a surgeon. What I do is who I am. My job is my identity. I say that's pretty common for most people. You know, most people never consider what it's like to identify as a professional football player. I mean, right? So just, I mean, just picture it. Here's a young man, maybe 27, 28, 29 years old, and thinking back on his life, all he's ever focused on, dreamt about when he went to sleep at night and invested all of his time and emotions into has been playing football. It may be all he's ever done or known. I mean, now just imagine, let's say, 30 or 31-year-old firefighter or teacher gets a call from his employer one day and they say to him, hey, what's going on? I know you didn't do anything wrong, but you're fired. <laughs> and you'll never work in this business again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess you're not who you thought you were. Good luck and have a nice life. Click. Click. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds crazy, but you know, for most pro athletes, that's mm-hmm. a pretty standard experience. So, I mean, that's the first step in redefining. For me, that was the first step of redefining myself. You know, that journey after football was full of ups and downs. And most guys go through a similar experience when they're done playing. So, you know, I'm curious. Talk to me about, you know, your experience and what it was like for you mentally and emotionally after you left the NFL after nine seasons. Yeah, yeah. And we all know what that that uh, the NFL really, truly stands for. It's not for long because uh, you don't know the day, time, when, venue, when your your aspirations to play will be cut short because someone else deemed you as not valuable enough. And essentially, that's the feeling, the emotion, the connection that or that you feel when you get that call or um, an injury happens. And all of a sudden, there's no recovering off of that because what you thought you had a guaranteed, whether it's a guaranteed contract or a guaranteed position, is no longer yours. So naturally, that's where you go to, is feeling not valued, feeling not appreciated, all the hard work and commitment and dedication that you've poured into, the sacrifices that you've made over the, the, the tenure, the years that, you know, you've really drawn yourself and removed yourself from the world because essentially you're in this bubble, in this alternative life that you've been living. So that is hard to resonate with when you don't have an assignment anymore. That is hard to understand and why most of us generally do put ourselves in this box of we are what we do, right? We are what we do. And, you know, mm-hmm. and not to have that anymore, uh, you you have this high case of former professional athletes, especially former NFL athletes who have thought about committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have this skyrocketing rates of divorce and, 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 and family dynamics that are no longer, are no longer sustainable because they're trying to find their true calling and their, new, their true purpose. So for me, it, it was a lot of that. Um, what, what, what allowed me, or I would say what gave me time uh, to get through that phase of life was a couple of things. So I've, I've been a man of faith for a very long time. I was a young kid. Uh, I had a Muslim uncle, a Christian granddad, um, you know, and, and my mom who was in and out, but I figured how to uh, find my lane and find God, right? And so that really allowed me to have that 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 rock that I could lean into. And then the other piece was I did make a commitment when I was playing so that I wouldn't have the same 
experience as far as when the rug would be pulled off underneath me um, to delay starting a family. I mm-hmm. just thought that in this phase of life or that phase of life that I was in, I wanted to go about it on my own and not have anything. One, not have any distractions. But two, I I just knew I wasn't mature enough. I knew that I couldn't be the type of husband, father, uh, type of man that would make good decisions in that phase of life. Um, and so I didn't. And so when when the transition started, it was just me. It was mm-hmm. just me. And I had to sit there for days, weeks, looking in the mirror and and say to myself, what are you going to do? What's next? And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I've always done, I've always had a plan. Um, and that's something that I I didn't know how or why, but it was instinctful. And then when I got to Purdue and under Coach Tiller and Coach Melvin, you know how Melvin was, um, and yeah. under Coach, Coach E-Man, and just some of the coaches that I was around, they gave me structure to planning. And off the bat, so after spending some time trying to figure out, okay, who am I? What am I? What are where are my values and what can I do? Um, I started building this plan, this this long tier plan where I said, okay, first, from the time of grad school, I mean, from the time of undergrad to playing, you know, almost a decade, close to a decade in the National Football League, there's been a lag time of of knowledge that I don't have. And I figured I needed to cut down, um, I need to go back into school. So I went and enrolled in grad school, which at the time too was a distraction, right? It was just me just trying to fill a void and not have to deal with the circumstances of not no longer being an NFL player. And so I went to grad school in between grad sessions, I would go to New York and did an internship for a wealth management company. And then once I re- once I graduated from grad school, I moved to New York, lived there for a couple of years, uh, and then worked in finance. Also worked with started our own firm um, called Eagle Rock Wealth Management Private Equity Group, uh, and became a managing partner in that firm. Uh, did that? It was fun. I was traveling the world. I was doing you know bringing in opportunities into deals that, you know, you just don't, you just regular or regular civilians don't get those opportunities. You know, I was able to leverage my network and the relationships that I had built over, you know, almost 15, 20 years at the time. Uh, and, And that really gave me a sense of confidence because what I realized in that, in that period was it wasn't that I had to reinvent myself. It was more so that I brought everything with me. I brought all the scars and all the sacrifices and then the intangibles, the hard work and the discipline and the commitment aspect into this new field. And while 90% of it was foreign, the language, the verbiage, the industry expertise, uh, all that was foreign, but I had this, this set of skills that, 99% 99% of them didn't have and couldn't attain. And that gave me a level of confidence to realize that it wasn't a matter of what I did or what industry I was in, but my decisions to go into and take risk and invest in myself and to look at the bright side of there's nothing in this world that I can't do. It's I'm my own limitation. And that has allowed me to then transition into the world I'm in right now. I'm in insurance and risk management. Um, I'm overseeing a team 
um, here in South Florida, uh, in Miami, uh, Miami-Dade, Broward County, and Palm Beach County, and Collier County, and helping us to also pursue and helping our team to also pursue our branch goals, but also their individual goals, professional goals as well. So life's been good in that in that sense, but the journey to get from there, from there to here also was important for me to be able to have and to go through. So that's that's what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I really love that you started with, you know, faith and you know, talking about different family members, different different religions. Faith and religion are not the same thing. It's just so a lot of, you know, that's something that you clearly illustrated. It's when you talk about faith and connecting that to confidence, having faith in your own high, in your higher power, you know, that's always stressed with different clients when I'm working with former athletes that, you know, some sort of spiritual practice to really think about yourself at a higher level and really reconnect. If, you know, if you can believe in, and God, if you can believe in Jesus Christ or whatever religion you're practicing, you can turn that same level of belief to on yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and, you know, just knowing you all this, this, this entire time, I could see how that really empowered you to, you know, understand that you went, you're going through difficult emotional times, but being able to let that go and really preserve the learnings from all your experiences that, that you know, playing at the highest level in college and professionally, the different coaches and influences that we had. Some of some of our influences were each other as teammates and really being able to apply all of the gifts that allowed you to perform at the highest level as a professional athlete into this new context. That's a lot of what, you know, former players are, are struggling to do. And, you know, that's why, you know, definitely wanted to have you on because, this is this is what I'm talking about is, you know, in order to play pro and NFL football, essentially, you're a superhero to be able to to do what we did. And a lot of guys forget that, you know, they can't see it through all the pain of that moment of, of losing out. You know, so, you know, you talk about talk to me more about I know you, you've done a lot of work with, you know, big brothers, big sisters and, and you know, other charity work. So. In addition to you know running the Miami Dade County kingpin of insurance, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. else? What, what else? What else are you doing to you know and serve a higher purpose in your new role? Oh yeah, chapter. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I'm able to trust is one I I serve in the capacity to my and our employees. And for Arthur J. Gallagher, who I work for, they've given me an autonomy to decide where is my passion and how do I wanna invest in my passion. Um, One of the things I've always done across the different levels uh, of life that I've grown into, high school, college and pros was give back because so much has been given to me. I am the man I am because of the people and the relationships that I've been able to forge over the years and who have invested in me, right? Um, you know, if if we all could really tell our story, right? Or write a book or really express our story of our our beginnings, you know, people will we people only see the final product. So I've always given back to the community some way, somehow, right? And part of that is I have a foundation called Dream Builders, which I've had for now close to 15 years. 
And it's really kids initiatives and education, extracurricular activities and nutrition. So it allows me to find, um, to partner up with professional athletes as well and the business community uh, and align those three initiatives to what, how it impacts the youth in our community, whether it's the community I'm living in or the community that they live in. And mm-hmm. the other part is, you know, you talked about big brother, big sister. My relationship with big brother, big sister spans back to two, 20, 2008, you know, and to have mm-hmm. that long tenure of support with an, with an organization that you trust and you know the impact that they're making in the community uh, is mm-hmm. huge. The other one, too, which I actually also sit on the board of is Junior Achievement of South Florida. Mm-hmm. And, you know, financial literacy is something that I not until I really got into the latter career, latter stages of my career, that I started to realize the importance of it and the lack thereof that most of us have. Most athletes go bankrupt between a year and a half, two years of the time that they retire from football or the time that they no longer can play. Uh, Because Mm -hmm. also that's one lack of relationship management, but also lack of financial literacy. Mm -hmm. And, And once I started to understand the dynamics of that, I started working with financial advisors and people who could at least inform, give me enough resources and education that I could make well-informed decisions. So I felt that that aspect of one, you can have all these initiatives and have young adults and young, young youth who are doing well and you're lifting them up. But the financial aspect of it, if that isn't coupled with it, then there also becomes a gap and a, re- and a repeat of, of, of bad mistakes or lack thereof of information. So financial literacy and workforce readiness is something that I'm also passionate about. And really, it's really to support our youth and, and future generations. Uh, that's where I really divide a lot of my time uh, nowadays outside of fam- you know, faith, family, and everything else I do. And I really find myself trying to find a balance between my, my, my day-to-day vocation and my passion for the community. Right. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm hearing a theme here, and that is, you know, lifting other people up, really empowering other people in different ways, you know, through you know, the, through the job directly, whether it's helping other players or, you know, working with the youth. And so, you know, I don't know about you, but I did a lot of different things after I left the NFL. You know, my experience, again, was tumultuous at times, searching for the business or profession that felt right what, you know, fit who I am deep down, you know, now that you're, you know, your your father, you, know, you just had, uh, your youngest just had a birthday. So congratulations mm-hmm. on that. You know, you. but now, now that you're doing everything that you're doing, you know, how did you decide that this was the right path for you? You know, and what do you feel your life's purpose is in this new post-football identity and the new roles that you're filling? Yeah, man, that's a, that's a great question. Most of us, most of us spend our time chasing something that's outside of us. Mm. And what I mean by that is because society, friends, and culture tells us, this is your profile. This is all you need to be. This is all you can do. And we try to numb the true calling inside. And so I I went into an industry, um, you know, 
I'm still an entrepreneur and I still invest and I still try to, you know, grow my portfolio in that sense. And while I, I'm in corporate right now, I still have that entrepreneurial spirit. So I'm always looking and searching, but I jumped in from, you know, leaving the NFL, going to grad school, to jumping in the finance and the, the, the wealth manager, private equity lane. And you know, I, I had such a great experience, but there was something missing. Like it was, but I did it because my business partner at the time was telling me, this is your lane. This is something we can do together. We can build this firm. And at some point it came to a head where I had to, I, I had to keep it real with myself. Like I had to look inside of me and, and say to me, what is it that you really want to do? And to your point, I'm a servant. I've always been a servant leader. I've always been, I've always tried to work and, and serve others and lift them up. And I knew that something there was missing in, in my time of transitioning, I looked, I looked everywhere. I thought about buying a business and just sitting on the block of business and then just working that. Um, I thought about politics, you know, um, I was heavily recruited into politics. I, I thought about several other industries and then I researched this industry. Um, somebody introduced me to a lady who happened to actually own her business and and we started talking. I started doing my due diligence, and I realized, you know, there's two parts of insurance. There's the PNC, um, property and casualty part, and then there's the employee benefit side of it. And I realized the employee benefits aspect of it is really all about helping people, one, have health health care in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. But two, there's so many different components of healthcare, and that's 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 wellness. That is financial literacy. Um, that is well-being. Um, you know, that's retirement. And when I broke that down and look, okay, how can I continue to give myself and to give to others? This was the one industry that allowed me to do that. So it allowed me to really be natural of who I am, talk naturally, you know, connect with others, uh, educate others, uh, and really help businesses and will help employers and employees um, reach their personal legend. And so I happen to fall into it and it doesn't take away from who I am. And I feel, I feel as if most professional athletes don't haven't really identified the true voice of who they are, what they truly want to do and how can they do that, whether they make money from it, or they don't, but how can they do that and then really be in their own calling? So that's that's the difference for me. And I think that's what has allowed me to you know, double down in the industry and really learn a bit more. Because considering with the people that I work with and considering those who I interact with, they've been in this industry a long, longer, a long time, a lot longer than I have. But I found a way and I thought that I, I, I've been fortunate to have connected with the right people and God has aligned things up for me, for it to work out to where I am put, I am in a seat that allows me to make decisions that affect, you know, a host of people in the most positive and direct way. I can, I can dig it, man. I mean, the, the thing I love the most about what you just said is, you know, having to go inside and really, it's, it's what I call a by myself meeting. And a lot of the coaching I do is, mm-hmm. is getting people to connect with yourself. Like really, not just you know, we always talking to ourselves, but most people never take time to stop and listen to yourself. 
you know, really hear what is it that, you know, my soul wants? What do I really connect to? Who am I for real? You know, before we ever played football, every single one of us was just somebody's little boy. Mm-hmm. And when the football is gone, we got to get back to that. We got to mm-hmm. get back to that. It's, it's like we create a persona about ourselves and who we believe we are. And then, you know, with the, with the money and, you know, lights, camera, action, you know, there's girls, there's all these different things. We tend to, you know, when you say looking out there, we tend to mistake that as evidence of who we actually are. And that, that's just, it's Preach. a, misinterpret- it's, it's a misinterpretation. That's all. It's a misinterpretation. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, you came into this world, your mind is just rich with innocence. You don't know nothing. And over time, you start to connect to things. In sports, that was something that we all connected to. Mm-hmm. And we connected to it, that it, it, it felt so right that we took it to the nth degree yeah. and went all the way, you know? And yeah. all of a sudden, you know, we spend so much time, like you said, you know, we don't have that assignment anymore. You know, I decided when I was like, seven years old that I wanted to play pro sports. And that became the assignment for, the, for every year if through elementary school, junior high, that was always what I was working towards. And then all of a sudden, you know, 2001 comes and now I'm not chasing that I'm living it. And so then the new assignment is, stay, is maintaining your position. And so then you go through all the different things, you know, you play for several teams, I played for several teams. And there comes a point when that's no longer a viable option. And what happens is we spent all these years, like for me from age seven, focusing on the future. And then that future came and then it was present and then it's the past. And a lot of times what a lot of former players do is they keep looking at that. The future, yeah. They keep looking at that as if as if that's something that ch- you can't chase it. It's gone. It's gone. It's, it's gone. It's like once you're born, you can't go back in the womb, dude. Mm-hmm. It's done. And so a lot of times we need to do that soul searching. And a lot of guys don't necessarily know how to do that. They're still blaming the agent. They're still blaming the team. They're still blaming whoever, whatever, the ex, COVID, whatever. The bottom something line you is- said to me, something you said to me, I forgot it was one of the reunions or uh, we were at Purdue and we were just having a general conversation. Something you said to me that just resonated from that, from that point on is always, I can, I can picture the, you know, we were in the Molenkopf, we were just off to the side. That's how, um, how impactful what you said. And you saw, you said humans are the only beings that do not try to reach their full capacity. Absolutely. You know, we, we talked about, you said, um, you know, a plant, a tree, you know, their mm-hmm. sole goal is to continue to grow and to try to reach, you know, as the sun is, is, feel, is, is fueling them and the nutrients in, in the soil, they are completely trying to expand and reach and get bigger versus mm-hmm. humans who are always trying to look back, right, mm-hmm. go back into a wound or reduce <laughs> yeah. themselves. From, from truly reaching their capacity. And I think that's something that, you know, I, I, I have always thought about how important it is to continue to look forward and reach up and try to expand and try to grow and try to add layers to yourself because that is part of life. Absolutely. And think, think about this. If you made it to the league, whatever league, 
NHL, PGA, basketball, whatever. If you you took and you developed yourself to grow to be that big in that context, that's mastering the physical. You know, obviously it's mindset and the other things that go into it, but we master the physical. And so once you can't use your physical body to bring value to the world through sports entertainment, it goes back to that principle again. It's like, how else can I grow? How else can I keep growing? That's why, you know, I always talk about, you know, guys healing and developing in four bodies, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Us as professional athletes, we master the physical. Now it's time, how can I master another aspect of me and continue to grow? Because there's, you know, according to ancient Hawaiian culture, they believed that each of us has four bodies, spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. Now, the physical is the only one that has limitations. Mm. And so you're, mm-hmm. I'm only going to grow as tall as my DNA allows me to. Mm-hmm. But the spiritual, mental, and emotional, there's no boundaries. These, they can expand exponentially, and you can continue to learn and grow until you're 99 years old and beyond. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, a big part of, you know, why how you specifically here, why I do what I do is to help our brethren realize this, that if you did that, if you made it, if some people, you know, you made almost 10 years in the league. If you made it 10 days in the league, <laughs> you know I mean, you could do anything. That's, that's 99% more than everybody else that tried to play. It, exactly. Exactly. It, it's It's starting to. You know, just like you had that faith in yourself that you can make it, that you could that you could play in the Big Ten, that you can play in the NFL. Man, I can make it in this next chapter. If I could go through those six a.m. workouts with Joe Tiller, I can make it. Yeah, I can make it, and and, yeah. and that's that's really the value that that I'm focused on continuing to give to former football players, former athletes, male, female, doesn't matter. Is understand. That whatever you think you are, as an athlete, you are so much more than much more. Yeah, so much more, and I really, yeah. really want to connect people with that. And so, again, thank you because you're a shining example. You're you're one of the people that you know first comes to mind when I think about what more, how how much more could we grow as former athletes beyond the sport? Yeah, I mean, you brought an excellent point. I think just wanted to kind of stay focused there because. The fact that, you know, the, the four the four bodies and the only one that we are told or we are we've been conditioned to invest most of our time is the physical body. And we yep. neglect the other three, you know, spiritual, emotional. And what was the third one? Um, mental, spiritual, mental. Spirit, yeah, spiritual, mental, emotional. Yeah, mental, yeah. And and but to understand that the only way you grow, the only way you adapt is really to have it's it's i mean you need all four you need all four but the yeah. the true aspect is to continue to invest in the other three um mm-hmm. and i think that's that's where a lot of us lack whether it's the exposure i think these types of conversation mm-hmm. we need more of it and we need more of it for a couple of reasons we need more of it because one we have to inform our brothers that 
you're not, don't stop limit, stop limiting yourself. Stop allowing external forces or what we read or what we consume to dictate our capacity to grow. And two, they also need to have more of these conversations and we all need to have more of these conversations and it to be exposed into the world because they need to see it. They need to see it. They need to see brothers like you, brothers like me and other brothers who are relatable to their world, how we all grew up, how we lived, you know, uh, like lives or, or minds and to see that, okay, if if they can see it, or if they can get through it, if they can go through all that and then elevate themselves, regardless of what limitations have been or, or how they've been capped, I can do it too, because that's all they take. I remember the first time I saw a kid um, in my neighborhood that Prior to that, I never knew anyone that actually made it to college, let alone played in a Division One college. This uh, guy's um, Elmo Armstrong, who oh. ended up going to getting a getting a scholarship to UT. I was like, oh wow! Well, if he can do it, you know, he, I mean, he he grew up the same way I did. You know, he had you know some of the same athletic abilities as I did. He played against some of the same teams as I did. And, wow, that means I can do it, and that's all it takes, and that's all about exposure and and having these conversations be more frequent and more readily available so that they will see that so i love yeah. how you you set the stage and all of this and i love what you're doing and giving mm -hmm. back you know by truly tapping into your to your true calling because you've always been a good communicator that's mm -hmm. one of the things that has always resonated with me as well is you've always been uh, a good communicator you know and and you do a good job of really finding ways to connect to people. Uh, and, and you've even taken that to another level. So, hey man, kudos to you, brother. Well, I appreciate that, appreciate that. You know, my inspiration, again, is, you know, to help guys heal, you know, with this podcast and with the website afterprofootball.com is really helping them heal from top to bottom, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. You know, with all the success and positivity that you're experiencing in life, doing so many great things, got a beautiful family, two young daughters, you know, what advice would, you know, if you had just one piece of advice to give the young man or woman who's struggling mentally and emotionally after a lifetime of identifying themselves as an athlete, what would mm -hmm. you say to them? What would you tell oh, them? Oh, hands down. I, I, would, I would say this. I would tell them, get up and go. Simple as that. Get up and go. The get up and go is saying you don't need all the answers. The get up and go is saying you don't have to write the right people in place for you. The get up and go is saying uh, the doors may be shut. The get up and go is saying it doesn't matter what obstacles are in front of you. Just get up and go. Too often, most people give up on themselves. Mm -hmm. Most people give up because they think that they need to have all the structures in place. They think they need to have all the answers. They think they need to have all the resources and all the, all the finances in place before they can achieve their goal. Mm -hmm. And because we played in a world where, or a, a sport that it's all structured for us, right? You mm -hmm. have a facility that you go into, you have all the weights there and you have your, your workout plan that's there and you have your meal that's there and you have, you know, uh, everything's already put in place for you. So you just show up. But mm -hmm. what life and what living life is truly about is just moving forward. Yeah. And 
through the obstacles and the vicissitudes of life that approaches you, you still have to get up and go. And just you will all of a sudden see life happen for you, not against you. And I think when we think that we need to have the answers right in front of us, most people put their stock on having that versus just saying, I trust me. I trust that if I don't have the answers, I'll figure it out. I trust me. I trust that if 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 I don't have the knowledge, I'll figure it out. I trust me. I trust that if I don't have the resources or the finance, I will raise the funds. So I will connect with the right people that will invest in me. I trust me. I think that's the part that a lot of our brethren, a lot of our brothers that have lost the art of trusting themselves and trusting that they already have the gifts and talents they're already put in place for them to be successful. And that's, you know, listen, we played in a league that is vastly the athleticism that you go against on a day to day. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. So naturally, like we're not the best. We're, we're the best in our in, we were the best in our field, but we were not naturally the best athletes. So we had to fight and scratch and crawl and punch and do whatever it takes. That's get up and go. That is essentially mm-hmm. get up and go until then you get us. You become a starter. Or you get the playing time, or you get you make that one play that completely changes the trajectory of your career. That's to get up and go, and that's the mindset. And it's truly a mindset that you have to have. And I think all all of us, all our um, former, you know, um, former teammates and current teammates need to have that mindset and that mentality is just get up mm-hmm. and go. Yep. That that that's that energy, man. It's that energy. That's the emotional body. That's the emotional mm-hmm. body. Because most people don't realize energy. Emotions is just energy in motion. Think about it. Emotions. Motion. Yeah. And so when you talk about that get up and go, you know, what I hear is you got to really start developing and expanding that emotional body. The same drive that got you to the league is going to get you out of wherever you believe you are right now. And that's it. You know, so, you know, I I really am am grateful, grateful that you were able to take this time and, and give guys insight into what's possible for them that, you know, we are more than just a number on our back or an emblem on a helmet. You know, as I always put it, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm my mother's son. Everything else after that, it's just a story. It's just a story, man. I love so, it. You know, I, I just want to say mahalo, you know, which means I'm grateful for your time, your effort, and your insight. And I'm looking forward to see how you continue to expand spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and you always on the field. You always your physical game's always there. I know you, <laughs> I know, I know you got that now. Just wanna just wanna say thank you for your time and, and your insight. And hopefully you know, we'll have you back on the show here sometime in the near future. Man, I love this. I love the conversation. I love the platform and how you're using it to really influence and help others. And so keep it up. You know we're here for you. I'm here for you and there's anything I can do to continue to help get the message out and help promote and lift, you know, all the work that you, all the hard work that you're putting in, please don't hesitate to reach out. All right, my man. Appreciate you. Boiler up. Aloha. Boiler up, hammer down. Aloha. And for anybody watching for more information, more conversations like this, just check us out at after pro football 
Basic.com. See you later. All right, brother. Thank you for listening to the Basic Instructions of Mind Mastery with your host, Chuki Okobi. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>